Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640. You're listening to Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, on demand on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Good Saturday morning to you. Here we are, before the sun rises, 6 a.m. Welcome home. You're like, welcome home? How about good morning? How about get out of bed? I am Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, custom home builder, custom home designer, here with you as I am every Saturday from 6 to 8 uh, to be an advocate during your construction process to be a design mentor for you because design matters most and also just a friend as you uh, take on the what i believe is noble work of turning your ordinary house into an extraordinary home the team is all here sam's on the board misty is just holding it all together with with string with dental floss at the moment and uh, Teeny Weeny is here. Uh, did I just call you Teeny? Did I just call you Teeny Weeny? I did. Now I did it twice. Tina, that's my one of my pet names for. Her. Tina, my uh, my buddy, my uh, life partner and best friend in the world is here, and uh, she has a little headache this morning. So don't piss her off. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, we're ready to get going. Guess what we're going to talk about today? This is a little different. I've spoken on this topic um, uh, uh, several times, but we've never committed an entire show to have a conversation about home elevators. Now, I know. Wait, just wait. Listen, it's six in the morning. What other station are you going to tune to anyway, right? You might as well stay here with me and talk to me about it. You're thinking, home elevators? I'm not going to get a home elevator. I live in a one-story house. Forget this guy. Listen, it's a really interesting topic. It really is. And highly relevant these days uh, because, yes, you know, a lot of homes are one-story homes. And if that's the case, yeah, you probably don't need an elevator unless you just want to get a really good view of your roof uh, at times. But uh, many, 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 many uh, of you live in two-story homes. And there are a lot of folks who have uh, encountered uh, some form or other of uh, disabling injury or disability, or, and we do talk about this all the time, we are now in the world of architecture and home design talking more and more uh, on the subject of aging in place. Aging in place is one of my favorite subjects because I think it's something that, whereas it used to be, uh, some type of special retrofit for a home. Uh, in terms of the way we design homes, we, meaning uh, my partner, Teeny Weenie and I, uh, we design homes with every intent of, uh, of those artistic designs 
also being aging in place designs. Aging in place simply means, you know, a home is your, uh, for most people, by and large, your largest uh, single investment. It's not just a monetary investment, but it is a a memory investment, uh, uh, investment, a nostalgic investment. It is where you've raised your family. It's where you've been. It's where you've put down roots. It's where you've you've uh, experienced so much of your life. And the family home, I've seen this so many times. It's it's a heartbreaking, uh, or it can be a heartbreaking thing for uh, seniors who live in a beautiful, well-evolved, two-story family home, having to say goodbye to it. Why? Well, for one reason, because navigating up and down uh, the second story becomes impractical or even dangerous. And so, suddenly, the topic of home elevators becomes highly, highly relevant to that discussion. Because... And even though, and we'll just start off and uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit further, I'm going to give you a sense of pricing and I'm going to also give you a sense of why I can't give you exact pricing uh, until some uh, home elevator expert is standing in your home evaluating everything. But they're not inexpensive items, you know, they are, uh, they are, and they are a relatively expensive item, but in terms of the cost of your home as a whole, especially an older home who likely has been paid down significantly, if not paid off altogether, an older home that has equity, an older home that is uh, easily able to uh, uh, take out a, a loan if necessary. Some elevator companies have financing. My point is this. The idea of home elevators being just this posh luxury item for uh, for the rich, uh, no longer the case. They've become far more reasonable. There are new next-gen elevators out there that actually fit into a home that was never designed for one. And despite the, you know, relatively uh, hefty price tag for a single item, and when you consider a single thing that's going into a home. It's a hefty price tag. Um, the financing that's available for them essentially puts you in a position of mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, being able to stay in their family home for what? The cost of a car payment. And when you look at it in those terms, suddenly the entire subject gets turned on its ear. And now we're talking something really relevant. Then the key is, can you actually get one in your home? And that's where the new next-gen elevators come into play. And those are, uh, you know, among other things, the things I really want to highlight with you this morning. So it is home elevators today. We're going to dive in fully as soon as we come back. I am so glad you joined me this morning. There's so much more to come. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. KFI, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. You're listening to Home, where every week we help you better understand that place where you live. Hey, we're talking home elevators today. It is a fascinating topic and one uh, worth taking a peek into. Whether you yourself have a two-story home or have uh, 
need potentially of one or whether you know a friend or family member who uh, may be getting to the place where navigating their two-story home, their beloved two-story home, uh, is getting more difficult. Here is a conversation uh, worth uh, participating in. Also, as always, I want to talk to you today about what's going on with your home. Anything that's going on. A design question, DIY issue, construction uh, concern, whatever that might be. Give me a call. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to go to the phones, find out uh, how you're doing and how your house is doing today. And uh, if I can uh, give you a little bit of help, the number to reach me at 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. The phone lines are open right now. So uh, give me a call, jump into the queue, and uh, maybe we can talk about uh, what's going on with your place. Okay. Where's my sheet? Where's my sheet? Where, where, where is it? Here it is. Uh, <clears throat> I just got to remember where I was at. Oh, here's where I was at. Uh, so resident, residential elevators. The, uh, the market for residential elevators is growing constantly. And the technology, and this is the good news, is uh, keeping pace. Uh, it is, there's some fascinating stuff out there. <clears throat> so let me just break it down for you in the simplest way that I know. Um, there are different kinds of elevator technologies uh, and, and modalities for getting from one floor to another. The, to my knowledge, <clears throat> and some elevator expert out there could correct me on this, but to my knowledge, still, the least expensive way to get a residential elevator built into a house is to plan for it ahead of time. Uh, so if we've got a major remodel happening or we've got a new house build, then a little bit of uh, foresight, a little bit of forethought uh, could do you a world of good. The what we might call the, tra I, you know, I hesitate to say traditional elevator uh, technique or formats because elevators have changed so much through the years. But still. The let's just call the standard or more conventional elevator uh, systems that would involve a shaft uh, from one story to the next in a house. Uh, very likely in that shaft, some custom uh, rail reinforcement as far as uh, wood framing is concerned <clears throat> and uh, possibly a pit. And when we say a pit, we're usually just talking about a recess in the first floor slab that accounts for the cab moving down as well as uh, maybe some gear. Uh, the pit uh, for most residential elevators is usually not deeper than uh, 12 plus inches these days. And then some overhead room and maybe even an equipment area outside of the shaft itself. Now that may seem like a lot, but if you're designing a new home, um, it's not necessarily that hard to find room for that kind of a device. And here's the thing. Let me be really clear about this. Forethought. Forethought, my friend. Most elevators of the uh, standard version of the traditional version or conventional version are uh, going to need a shaft uh, five feet by five feet uh, in dimension uh, or a little bit bigger. Six by six uh, is uh, kind of a no-brainer. You don't have to put the elevator in. 
in your new build or your remodel. But if you can find room for the shaft, then you are elevator ready. And that cuts down a great deal of the future cost of the unit. Number one, the conventional units are, they tend to be less expensive than the newer, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say high tech because they all they're all high tech. The newer units that are designed to self-support and therefore be able to be retrofit into a house that doesn't have accommodation for an elevator. So you understand what I'm saying? If you build into the house a shaftway, even if you're not going to use it, even if you put a temporary floor in between the two and just use that shaft as closet space downstairs and upstairs until the day comes when the flooring can be removed and you're ready for an elevator, you're going to spend the least amount of money in the future uh, with that scenario. Not only do you have the shaft already to go, uh, which means you could use a more conventional elevator system, which is less expensive than the self-contained ones, but even if you fell in love with some of these new high-tech self-contained ones, they could fit in that area, but you're not having to do the additional cost of opening a hole in the floor. And that is where I want to go next. I want to talk to you about why pricing on elevators uh, are, is a little, there's a little bit of a question mark until we actually get eyes on your house, because it's not just the cost of the elevator itself. But it is the cost of putting a hole in between one floor of your house and the other. And that's not just a matter of pick an area, uh, get out a saw, cut a hole. There are structural framing members taking place in there. And that work may be a little more extensive than what you are imagining. I'm going to try and describe it to you when we come back to uh, the topic so that you get a sense of what's involved in prepping the house for the elevator. So you've got basically two costs. You have the elevator equipment themselves, uh, which uh, a lot of companies will price out sort of lead with saying, oh, this elevator only costs this. But then there's the installation cost, not only their labor of assembling that unit, but also the cost of modifying your home for it. It can be done. And it's still, in my opinion, a value if it means staying in your house. But I just want you to be aware of uh, all that's involved. All right, when we come back, your call's up next. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp on demand from KFI AM 640. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. That's me. We've been talking uh, home elevators and we're going to continue, but now has, has come the time in our fine program where we turn to the phones and find out what's going on with your home today. The number to reach me at 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. Susie, welcome home. Hi, Dean. I have a pool filter, Pentair Series 2000 pool filter that's been leaking. And it seems at this point I'm going to have to have it replaced. And I'm wondering... Should I just be replacing it with basically the same um, type, you know, the same specifications that I had before? And also, what about that whole salt water thing? 
That whole salt just, water thing. Yeah. I so mean, you have I, a con, you have a conventional uh, chlorine pool right now. Yes. Okay. Um, well, a Pentair is a really good pool filter. Number one. Uh, number two. A disclaimer: I am not a pool filter expert uh, as far as knowing every brand and every style and everything that's out there. So I am not going to tell you a specific. Uh, brand, uh, I just know that Pentair is all over the place. I mean, they're 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 an edis, uh, industry leader. Them and Hayward and a couple of other uh, brands just always show up. Um, as far as selecting a pool filter replacement, uh, <clears throat> I would always advise you to, uh, you know, replace a crot even level with your existing filtration system or. Take advantage of the uh, the fact that you're replacing the filter to go better. And what better means is it, it means either A, in terms of increasing the size of the filtration itself. Uh, filters are measured in their ability to capture uh, particulates and bacteria and all of that stuff in relationship to microns. Every pool filter has a micron rating. Microns are uh, just a, uh, they're a dimensional uh, element. Uh, in other words, um, the size of a thing measured in microns, way smaller than, you know, inches and sixteenth of an inch and so on. A human hair is about 50 microns in uh, diameter. Uh, blood cells, red blood cells, about eight. Um, household dust, four and most bacteria are down in the two micron range. And so depending on the kind of pool filter that you put in, uh, the expense usually has to do with the uh, smallness of what the filter captures. Everything from sand filters, which are relatively inexpensive, all the way up. So that's my We advice. have the diatomaceous Just... earth one. Okay, so you've got a diatomaceous, and that's pretty grit. good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just be aware as you're shopping filters and best to talk with some pool experts, uh, on this, uh, when you're shopping filters, be aware of the micron capture, uh, uh ratio so that you understand what it is, uh, its ability to filter out. Now, in terms of changing your system from a standard system into a saline system. I use the term saline because uh, saltwater, saltwater pools, it's a, just a quick uh, nickname for pools, but uh, it can be deceiving. Uh, we're not talking about saltwater like at the ocean. Uh, in fact, we're talking about considerably less salt than the ocean. In fact, most saline pools, when balanced just right, uh, people jump in them and they're like, is this a regular pool or a salt? Is this a salt water pool? Cause I can't tell. Um, that's the low, low salt content in a quote unquote salt water pool. But, uh, they really are the way that we build pools these days. So now the retrofit, uh, is going to be considerably more, uh, cost wise than just you replacing a filter for your pool, but the benefits uh, are many. Uh, number one, oh, if we start to use a saline pool, maybe a combination of saline and, uh, and, uh, UV purification near the filter, then we are cutting way, way down on the amount of chlorine 
and chloramine uh, chemicals that are being injected into the water. Saltwater pools, by the way, are not chlorine-free pools. Not at all. The fact of the matter is the saline in the water as it runs through its system creates its own chlorine uh, by, uh, by a reaction as it moves through the, pil the filter and pumping systems. So, uh, and that chlorine is not as reactive as the chemical stuff, the, uh, the liquid stuff or the tablets that you actually throw into the water. So the point being this, when you're replacing a pool filter, uh, get back on the internet, do a little bit of research, talk to experts and find out what the micron ratings are of the various filters and their price points. And definitely talk to a pool expert about the idea of upgrading to a saline pool. Less uh, bacteria, uh, less chemicals, uh, healthier for your skin, healthier for your system, healthier for your pool system and longer lasting as well. So that is why virtually every new pool that goes in the ground these days here in the 21st century is some form of a saline pool. So, uh, Susie, thank you for the call. Hope that answers your question. Let's talk to Karen. Karen, welcome home. Karen, are you with us? I, yes, I am. Hi. Um, yeah, I was Hi. wondering, is there a way to stop um, cats from jumping on the roof? Okay, I have a, there's a, we have a, a flat roof, and they they climb on the fence, and then they jump on the roof, and it, they're really loud. It sounds like a person walking up there. And they also have cats. Oh, my fights. gosh. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> cat, cat fights on the roof. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure that I've encountered that question before. Uh, all I could think of is if there's somehow that you could put some kind of a barrier up on the roof that isn't going to be. I mean, when we say a flat roof, do you have a parapet? Is there like a parapet wall around the outside of your roof? Or when you say flat roof, it's just flat and visible for everybody to see. There's like an obstruction. You can't really see see it totally. Just from certain angles is where you can see it better, like the sides and stuff where it's flat. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the best thing I could think of is, uh, you know, there are those uh, uh, wires that have the, the small current in them that we use to keep other pests outside of the yard. Maybe there's a way of mounting it uh, one up there that uh, would keep a cat from having access to the roof. But of course, we don't want to do something that, you know, looks ugly from the street. So if it's something that you could pull off without anybody else seeing it, then mm -hmm. uh, you could get creative in, in that regard. But if I mean, if this is a roof that everybody can just kind of clearly see, I don't know, put a dog yeah. up on the roof. I'm not, I'm not, not really. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a condo, so, you know. <laughs> Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I know how to advise you on that one, Karen. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never heard um, anybody call either. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. I think you stumped me on that one. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure how to keep cats off a flat roof. Uh, <laughs> you got me. There you go. You got me. I surrender. Okay, Okay, All right, Karen, you. good luck. Anyway, <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye-bye. When we come back, I'm going to try and get a couple more of them right. How about that? You're home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. More calls up next.
KFI, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Welcome home. We're talking home elevators today. Fascinating topic. But right now, we're going back to the phones. Jack, welcome home. Hi, Dean. I have a single-story house. Let's see. I don't need an elevator today. I just wanted to say I (laughs) I did install a life source system, and I'm really happy with it. Oh, that's great. The The water is really good. Okay. And I wish you had a phone number that I could call and get a designer referral. But anyway... My project is a shower that I uh, need to totally remodel in the back of the house. It's just a stand-up shower. has no tub, and I want no grout back there. Um, so I'm looking at using slabs. On my countertops, I have Cambria quartz. I don't know if I can use Cambria quartz uh, for the walls and or if I should use marble or granite. And the... The last question is, should I use it on the ceiling as well as the walls? Okay. Uh, Good questions. Um, Yeah. Yes to all of the above except for the ceiling question. Um, You can use uh, granite. You can use uh, marble. I mean, we we put everything imaginable uh, in a shower. And any slab uh, material that is countertop worthy for your kitchen uh, has no problem handling uh, hot and cold water and steam in a shower. So, uh, yes, full slabs of uh, Cambria, any kind of quartz material whatsoever. And there are so many uh, varieties on the market, many of which simulate stone uh, pretty well. Yeah, pretty well, uh, depending on the, the brand and the style. And then the natural stones. Uh, I, the only thing I would say is, of course, with the uh, marble, as always, the same warning that we give when we put it in a kitchen, uh, marble and granite need to keep sealed. Uh, and uh, cambri- or, or quartz, which is a man-made material, um, it's only Achilles heel in the kitchen is really heat, meaning you, know, you can't just drop a 400-degree uh, pan on it without getting a little uh, potential heat ring. But in the shower, that's never going to be an issue whatsoever. So they're pretty bomb-proof in shower applications. Uh, Quartz uh, is not going to be as beautiful, in most people's opinion, as a natural stone uh, like quartzite or uh, granite or marble. But those elements, because they're natural stone, uh, the price you pay for that uh, level of beauty in there is you gotta gotta keep them sealed. But other, but if you do that, um, you know, probably in a shower once a year, I would say uh, some uh, marble guy out there is saying twice a year, Dean. Uh, okay, fine, um, once or twice a year. Uh, but uh, you keep them sealed, and you'll have no problem. It's a that's a lifelong beautiful uh, shower scenario. Now. As far as the ceiling is concerned, how tall is the ceiling in the shower? Eight feet. Okay, so it's an eight foot. And uh, are you planning on ever using the shower as a steam shower? No. Okay. So my general feeling is uh, we default to putting a hard surface material on the ceiling. Why? Because steam rises because uh, water condensates uh, up above. But is that 
a guarantee if you don't that you're going to have uh, drywall problems? Well, number one, if you use green board, which you should up there, green board drywall, which is a moisture-resistant drywall, and you use a a moisture-resistant paint in uh, the bathroom area, something really good like an Aura Bath & Spa from Benjamin Moore, sponsored the show. Uh, But... uh, uh, an aura bath and spa, something that's really designed to resist moisture, and the shower doors aren't too tall so that you're trapping most of that steam. So if we've got good ventilation, if the shower doors aren't trapping most of the steam and moisture inside the shower chamber, then you really uh, are not going to have a problem running a painted ceiling in there. However, the bomb-proof solution is always to uh, you know, take the same materials that you're using on the shower walls and pop them up there as well. Uh, when you do, though, let me be clear. If you're going to have a painted ceiling, you can just run a standard ceiling through. If you're going to put a, um, uh, a hard surface up there, uh, like marble, let's say you're doing marble uh, on the walls and you're going to put marble overhead, you're going to want to slope that ceiling ever so slightly. Don't put it up completely level. Put it in on the tiniest of slope. I'm talking about an eighth of an inch per foot slope, just ever so slightly sloped from the shower door back, sloped down towards the back shower wall. Why? Because if we put stone up there, it's a cold material uh, and the steam and moisture that rises from your hot shower will condensate very easily on that material. And as it condensates and turns into droplets, what you don't want is a cold uh, rainforest dropping droplets of water on you while you're taking your hot shower. And so what we do is we pitch and slope that ceiling back so that that water runs along the ceiling to the back wall and then runs down the back wall instead of dripping in the shower. And it is a weird thought. You would think, well, you know, it's all hot water. It's not. Uh, The temperature coming out of the shower head is one temperature. By the time the moisture condensates on the cooler uh, tile up above or slab up above, when it starts to drop on you, it's kind of annoyingly cooler than the hot shower that you're taking. And so slope that ceiling back and uh, change the uh, you know get that water so it doesn't drip on you uh jack thank you for your question uh really good one when we return we are going to fall back down the shaft of home elevator no we don't want to do that's what you don't want to do but we're going to talk about home elevators as we return i'm so glad you joined me this morning a lot more to come you're home with dean sharp the house whisperer on kfi this has been home with dean sharp the House Whisperer. Tune into the live broadcast on KFI AM 640 every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 Pacific Time and every Sunday morning from 9 to noon Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 